Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Hey, you're back for another episode. Today, we are talking all about the seven ways that you are actually sabotaging your sales success. Dun, dun, dun. I know, it sounds pretty ominous, but I promise you, it's actually uh, pretty painless. And more importantly, these are simple things that you can fix right away in your sales process so that you can improve your sales success, which who doesn't want that, right? So let's dive in deep to this special episode. I'm going to try and keep this one on the shorter side. So I'm going to kind of fly through. So just be prepared, be forewarned, grab your paper and your pen because you're going to want to take notes as we go along this because there are seven different ways that you are sabotaging your sales success and actually preventing you from being able to make as much money and more importantly, help as many people as you possibly can. So these are in no particular order. If you grew up in the era of uh, David Letterman with his top 10 list, waiting for number one, to be the most important. Sorry, I wasn't quite that organized and writing down my thoughts for this one. And this was just kind of a brain dump, a literal brain dump of the seven things that I have seen over. I probably should have called this one the seven deadly sins, but I didn't. So here we go. Let's dive in deep with number one. So number one is that you're doing all the things. So nothing is getting done well. Now, I hear you. I know when you're wearing all the hats, especially when you're maybe first starting out in your business and you can't afford or you don't know exactly how to outsource and delegate, you don't know what to actually give away. This can be the biggest, biggest mistake and the biggest downfall for so many ambitious and driven business owners. Even if you are doing sales for other people, I'm going to tell you that you can't do all the different parts of the sales process not very well anyways. And so it's really important for you to identify what are the key areas of that process that are going to make the biggest bang for your buck and make the biggest impact to your bottom line and to your customers. So if you are doing hashtag all the things, tag me on social media and let me know which one you're going to get rid of because I I really, really want you to promise and make a commitment that you will remove at least one of those things and replace it with something that is more sales focused and more sales driven. I hope that you are going to be able to honor that promise to yourself because at the end of the day, that is really what's going to drive so many more of your results, especially as you're ramping up for increased results in 2020. So that's number one. Number two is not talking about what's in it for me or with them with him. I know it's hard to listen to. It's even harder to say, but what's in it for me? Not me as in Susan or you as in you. It's your buyer, right? The me that that really, really counts is the person who actually is going to be spending money with you. The person who's actually going to be spending their time with you. And that is your buyer. Now you need to go a little bit deeper than the obvious. So as an example for me in my business, I'm a sales consultant. I coach clients and work with them to strategize and give them systems and to tell them sometimes what they need to know because they don't know how to do it. So 
if I just stated the obvious, which is ultimately to make you more money, that would be a given, right? So I want you to think for yourself, what is your given? And then how do you go deeper? Because it's the deeper piece that is really what's driving people. So for my people, and maybe this is for you as well, as you're sitting here and listening, my folks want the money to be able to have ultimate freedom. They want to have control and choice over what they do, when they do it, with whom they do it with and for. And they don't want anybody ever telling them who they can be with, what they can do for that person, and when they can do it. They want to be able to call the shots. And after maybe a few years or a few decades of not being able to have that ultimate control, it is everything. It means that they can spend time with their family. It means that you can spend time with yourself. It means that you can travel if you want. It means that you never have to check your bank account balance because you have the certainty and the knowledge in knowing that you're doing exactly what you're meant to do, what God has called you to do, and you're going to be able to make a really good living helping a lot of people doing it at the same time. So I want you to think for yourself, what's in it for me? Answer that question for your buyer, because if you don't, you're not going to connect as deeply as you want, and you're not going to be able to help people make that buying decision as quickly as you'd like them to do as well. So number three is not prioritizing sales activities. So then I'm sure you're asking yourself, well, then what am I doing instead? What am I doing instead? So sales activities are a must do daily. Not a nice to do, not a after I do my branding and update my website or work on another graphic or go and hang out on social media. If all of those activities are being done specifically to drive a sales result in a sales activity because they are sales focused, then yeah, they are a sales activity. But too often what I see from my clients is that they're hiding behind the busy work instead of actually doing the real work, which involves putting yourself out there and having real life conversations with people who actually need your services, who are struggling with what they're struggling with, who are like ripping their hair out, trying to figure out something that you hold the answer to. And instead of stepping up and focusing even 20% of your time every single day consistently on doing that one thing that you know is going to drive the needle forward, you're hiding behind some of these other activities and making sales a nice to do, an optional instead of a must do. The As Brian Tracy likes to call it, eat the frog, eat your frog, right? If sales is your frog, you need to eat that first thing in the morning so that it always happens no matter what. And that way, you always know that you have done exactly what you need to do in order to get more leads, to help more people, to nurture those folks that already are warmer to you and that want to know what it is that you can do for them and ultimately lead them down the path to making a purchase from you. That's number three. Number four is creating before you validate your market demand. So this I see so many times where you're creating, you're making, you haven't even sold it, you haven't even asked, and you've taken sometimes days, but often it's weeks or even months, and you still don't know if the thing that you are creating actually is something that people want, if they would actually pay you for it. So you've wasted a lot of time and effort and energy and sometimes money, right? Like money to help you create all of these systems, put these tools together, put the courses onto a system, um, 
all of these things that are taking up your time and effort and energy, but you haven't done the most important thing first, right? So put the first things first. In this case, it would be to validate your market idea, to validate your market idea. Now, it doesn't have to be extensive. And so if you are a researcher, if you love doing this part, you're going to get excited because this is probably going to be really fun for you to be able to do. And if you're not, if you're not that type of person, then I still think that you're going to get a little bit excited because the beauty of being able to do this is that you sell without selling. You're going to be able to find out whether or not people are interested in what it is that you can offer to them and fix that way before you ever have to sell it way before you ever have to ask anybody for money, and more importantly, way before you spend countless hours upon hours upon hours upon hours creating something that nobody is actually going to want to buy from you. Because let's face it, that is the idea of torture. At least it is to me. And I'm sure if you're cringing right now, it's because you've realized that maybe you've done this in the past or you're thinking about doing this and I've just stopped you from a whole whack of extra hours and effort and work that you don't have to do. Imagine if instead you were able to go and validate this idea, this brilliant creative genius that you have around the thing that you want to offer and that you were able to get two, three, four, maybe even 10 or more people putting up their hand to say, I am interested. Tell me more. This is what I think I would want. This is exactly what I want you to include. And that you just are able to basically create it on demand and build them exactly what it is that they want. Well, how much more likely are they going to be to buy as soon as you have it all completed, or as soon as you have enough of it completed, that you're ready and willing to have people purchase from you, and then you can walk them through your entire framework or system. That is a lot more uh, palatable. It's a lot more, you know, it's going to boost your confidence in a huge way to be able to know that you've already talked to people that are interested, that they've already said, yes, this is something that I know could help me, and that you can go back and be able to say, hey, I created this because of your input, because of your suggestions, because of your feedback. And I would love to know if this is something that you actually still have a need for now that I'm ready to actually provide it to you. Imagine the success that you would face truly to be able to do that. Now, I know that you're thinking, well, I'm going to need to have tons and tons of people in order to be able to do this. No, you don't. So when I first started my business, I was literally starting from scratch. Like I had no social media profile at all, which I know if you're listening to this, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of where I was. So given that you only need to have a few people, you don't need to do tons and tons of research. And when I did this research in my business at the very early onset, I only had, wow, I think I had like 40 people, 40 people in total. I didn't even do the market research with all of those folks. I think I maybe talked to five or 10. Okay, that's it. Out of a total of 40, that those were all the people on my friend list. <laughs> so I know that you have more than 40 people that are connected to you through your network. And although they may not all be perfect people for you right now, it is quite all right as long as you have three, five, eight. Probably you don't need more than 10 at this stage because at that point, I think that it's overkill and that you've already validated enough that you know that you can at least move forward, okay? So 
Number five, you are giving the wrong price for your market compared to the results that you provide. So what do I mean by this? Okay, so I want to explain this a little bit in, in more detail because this one tends to get people stuck. So I'm going to share with you a story to illustrate what this actually means in real life, like how this actually plays out. So when I was first starting my business, I was looking actively for a business coach and I met somebody that I was very impressed with. She had a lot of credentials. She was very well experienced in the corporate space before going online. I think she had maybe over 25 years based on like the conversations that I kind of had heard bubbling up on social media. And so when I, I creeped up on her website and we'll do a whole episode on pricing, do you share pricing or do you not share pricing? Cause that's a whole loaded topic. Um, but what I noticed on her website, because the price was posted was I expected her price point to be at a certain amount. I actually was worried that she would be far outside of my budget because she had been um, working with corporate businesses for a long time, managing and helping um, to look over like million dollar portfolio, well, multi-million dollar portfolios. She was in the high tech industry and now had been able to help other people in the online space. She was extremely professional. I really just connected with her, thought she was an amazing person. And so, I didn't know very much about her other than the very brief interactions that I had had through social media. Now, when I creeped up on her website and I looked at what she had available in terms of one-on-one support, because that's what I was looking for and whether or not she had other programs that I might be able to take advantage of if she was outside of my budget. And I had at this point budgeted $5,000, which was, I'm going to tell you, it was like, oh, heart palpitations, like making me feel nauseous because although I had spent way more than that on postgraduate education, like going to college and then postgrad after college, I, for some reason, spending that money and building my business and getting help and support from a mentor and from a coach just felt like a lot, especially because I didn't even know if I could do this thing. I didn't even know if I was going to have a business and I didn't know what the expectation was. And I, I know that sometimes, you know, we want certainty and we want the sure thing, but I, I know that if you can count on yourself, you're going to be able to see results no matter who it is that you're working with, as long as you are willing to put in the work and the effort. So that's a total aside. Now, her price point, because again, my budget was 5000 at that time, um, was $1,500. It was $1,500. And you would think that I was like hooping and hollering and celebrating because I just caught myself a, a huge deal. And yet what ended up happening for me, because I was willing to spend that amount, and that's what I thought it was going to take in order to get the caliber of the coach that I had wanted to support me, immediately my mind went to what's wrong with her? Can she actually help me? Because her price did not match the results that I was expecting. Her price did not match the caliber of her experience and her expertise. So it's like going into Nordstrom's and then seeing the discount sale rack right as you walk through the door where everything is priced for 99 cents. Um, nah, it, you might be rejoicing at first, but then you're going to think, wait, what's wrong with all these things? 
And you're going to go and look for something where it's still a deal, but not quite so much, right? Or maybe I'm the only one. And so what I want you to think about for yourself is, are you picking the wrong price for your market that does not match the types of results that you provide to your clients? So if this particular business coach had priced her program at $5,000, even at maybe $3,500, $4,000, I would have been much more likely to have got on, uh, on a sales call and to find out whether or not we could work together. I didn't even book a call. That's what ended up happening because the price that was posted, the price that she offered without having a conversation, you know, the price that was listed immediately discounted her services to me. And as a result for what I was expecting and I was willing to pay more, I discounted her as well. I said, well, if that's all she's pricing herself as, if that's all she expects in terms of the value that she's providing to me, then that's not going to meet my needs. And I moved on to a different coach that actually had a package that came in right at my budget. And so what I want you to think about is, are you discounting yourself? Are you counting yourself out strictly on price simply because you're just not confident enough in being able to sell, right? Because if your results speak for themselves, and this is not about gouging people, it's not about like uh, overloading your price point or inflating your price to the point where it is ridiculous. But if you are able to say, I'm going to give you a tool that's going to allow you to create, you know, XYZ on demand. So as an example for, for me, the sales tools and the systems that I, I help my clients with has consistently helped clients generate 5k 10k 30k a million dollars and more um, and through my own experience has helped me generate over millions of dollars in my own sales uh, experience in my sales career and for my sales teams now so I know that I have a track record it's just a matter of finding the right person and making sure that they are willing to do the work in order to have uh, the types of results that I know that they can. So I want you to think for yourself, what are your results? And what is the value of that for your ideal clients as well? So that was number five. Number six is you're not solving a problem. Now, I know if you're here, you're thinking, well, wait, that's all I do. That's all I do. But do you really? Because if you don't talk about the problem and you don't talk about the fact that you are solving that problem, how is anybody supposed to know? And so this is one of the biggest ways that I see that you're sabotaging your own sales success because if you're talking about your product or your service or your programs or your courses or your books, but you assume that people know what the problem is and you assume that people know what the solution is and what that solution looks and feels like, then you're, what's that saying, right? Like about assumptions, just don't do it because it means that people just aren't going to ask. People don't like feeling silly. They don't like feeling like they're stupid or that they don't know enough. And when you make that assumption because you think that they already know the, the answer, they don't. So really just make it as crystal clear for them that this is what the problem is. So 
think about the biggest problem that's holding your people back and keeping them up at night and make sure that you paint the picture of what that looks like and make sure that you, they understand what it would feel like when that problem is removed. So I already shared a little bit earlier that for my clients, they, they want to make money. But at the same time, that's not the main driver. They want the freedom of choice. They want to know that they never have to check their bank account balance. So the inconsistency, the uncertainty is really what's keeping them up at night. That's the, the biggest problem. They don't know where their next sale is going to come from. They don't know where the next client is, is hiding. They don't know why people say yes. They don't know what is creating the biggest result in their business. And they don't know how to create that consistent level that would allow them to be able to take a break, to hire more people, to know what systems to invest in, to know wh what areas they can let go of and stop working so hard on. And so having this knowledge knowledge is power and being able to bottle that up and provide that to my clients is the ultimate solution. Being able to give them consistency that is going to grow over time, but ultimately be scalable to the point where they can take a vacation. You can be able to rest and not work so hard and be able to actually make more money without having to double your efforts. So what is it that for your clients is the biggest problem? And make sure that you point that out and make sure that they know that you know how to solve that as well. And last, but certainly not least, is ignoring buying signals and over-talking people out of the sale. What the heck does this mean? Well, have you ever gotten so nervous once you actually realize that somebody needs your help and they actually are looking for you and they're interested that you just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking? Kind of like what's happening right now what happens? You're maybe starting to lose interest, right? Because this is number seven. <laughs> and you're realizing like, wow, she's going on for a long time. Here's the thing. If you don't allow people the opportunity to say yes, and then to move to the next step, which is not talking more about the thing that you're doing, because they already said yes. They really, at this point, don't care about all of the details unless they ask. Now, this is where the difference lies. Too often what ends up happening is that instead of waiting for more questions and uh, confirming that there's nothing else left to actually talk about, you keep talking and talking and talking. And all of that talking really does is it makes your prospects, your ideal customers who have already said just yes, like they literally said, yes, I'm ready to go. I'm like, going to buy this thing. And instead of saying, how would you like to pay and being able to just simply take their money somehow, some way you keep talking, they slowly are changing their mind and their hand goes backwards back into their pocket instead of whipping out their credit card. And so silence is the biggest gift that you can give in an interaction because it creates space for just breathing, but it also allows people to just take a pause and to confirm that this is what they want to do and to see if they have any questions. Nobody can think when you're rattling off all of this information, and I'm sure it's all great stuff, but save it for when you actually start working together. Because let me tell you, they're already 
and they already have a ton of thoughts and excitement and adrenaline, like emotions are running high because they just say yes. They just are excited about doing the next thing and they want to get going. So instead of focusing on you and all of the stuff that you're talking about, they are focused on them and what do they need to do next? And if you don't give them the guidance and the direction right there in that moment, you're going to lose them. And this is where so often I have seen upwards of 20% of sales being lost simply because you don't stop talking. So don't ignore the buying signals. And I'll do a whole episode on buying signals um, coming up. But don't ignore buying signals. Make sure that especially if people have already said yes to you, that you move into the next phase, which is completing the sale. That's it. I know it sounds really simple, but it really is. And don't keep talking and overselling because then, just like with our discounted pricing, people start to wonder, what's wrong? Why do you have to keep telling me more information? I've already said yes. I didn't ask for more information. And that must mean that there's something wrong, something fishy. I'm going to be figuring out a reason why you're telling me all this extra information. It must be because you're hiding something. That's instantly where our brains go. And so don't give them reason to doubt you. Don't give them reason to think that you are shady or um, unscrupulous or sleazy when you actually aren't. You're just nervous. And it's totally normal to want to keep talking. But I'm going to promise you that if you can be quiet, you're going to make way more sales and help way more people. So this was a big doozy of an episode. I would love to hear from you and let you know, or let me know which one of these you found the most impactful and the thing that you think you're doing that you're going to stop. Love to hear from you. Go over to my uh, podcast page and drop me a voicemail, voicemail message memo thingy. You know what I mean? in that little widget. Um, I would love to hear from you and I'll give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. If you haven't already joined me in uh, Sales Mastery Society, what y'all waiting for? Come on over and be sure to grab your seat over in our wait list. All the details are over on the show notes. I would love to see you there when our doors open next, where we can dive in a little bit more into each one of these, whichever one you are working on the most, so that I can make sure that you stop and you improve and that you get more sales as we close out or begin, actually, 2020. Thanks so much, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe and leave us a review in case you haven't had an opportunity to do that. It allows us to help so many more people if you are able to share and let us know how we're doing in your neck of the woods. And if you haven't already joined my waitlist for Sales Mastery Society, my exclusive community where I share way more information like you've been enjoying here on this podcast, what are you waiting for? The doors are going to be opening up soon, and I am super excited to be celebrating your success next. You could be just like some of my clients inside of the community where we have been celebrating brand new clients, $195,000 in sales in two days, being able to exceed incomes left behind with jobs from being a professor and all other kinds of wins that have been so, so amazing to be able to celebrate. Grab your seat. The link is below and we will see you on the other side. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. 
be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.